Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, she's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSE Talk Radio. It's my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. We're going to veer away from the current news today. It's always the same anyway. And I'm going to do a two-part series here. And I can't take credit for all of it myself because I'm gleaning from someone else's information. And I read this a little over a week ago, and I've been saving it and holding it because... Normally, economic stuff is kind of boring to Beth because she doesn't understand. I have to have somebody like Melody and Anthony and Tiso and other people kind of clue me in on what's going on. But this was written by someone who spoke my language. Not only that, he goes back and he tells me what our ancestors, fathers before us, leaders before us in this nation thought about trade. So it's going to be about trade. And we're going to hear from uh, presidents in our past. And we're going to glean from information. So let's get started. I want to start with prayer. And I have picked some passages out to go along with sort of with what we talk about in the next two days. For such a time as this, Father... I ask for your protection and blessings over all those in prison from January 6th and those who are about to be persecuted without just cause. I also ask that you protect President Donald J. Trump and all those around him, his family, his friends, his business associates. Place in the path of these one who will encourage and draw them closer to you. Heal and protect them all, Abba Father. We thank you, O God, for your blessings and your bounty. May we understand how to be good and responsible stewards, not for just selfish reasons, but for others, for the future. Like the prodigal son, we have squandered your blessings. O Father, forgive us. Please forgive us. In your word you talk, in 1 Peter 4.10, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now we have a responsibility, Father, to share your grace. In Genesis 1.28, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl in the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. In Second Corinthians 9, 6-7 But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. May we treat our duties bountifully, seriously, Father. May we do that now so that others will later reap bountifully be it your love or prosperity and grace. 
is for such a time as this. In Jesus' name, I pray. They say everything would be so cheap. If only we had free trade. Well, everything would be cheap, and everyone, everybody would be cheap. I do not prize the word cheap. It is the badge of poverty. When things were the cheapest, men were the poorest. Cheap? Why cheap merchandise means cheap men, and cheap men mean a cheap country. And that is not the kind of government our fathers founded. We want labor to be well paid. We want the products of the farm. We want everything we make and produce to pay a fair compensation to the producer. That is what makes good times. A fair compensation to the producer. Take care of the producer, and the rest will take care of itself. That is a quote from 1889 from President McKinley. When I read that quote at the very side, if you ever see what I read and everything, I mark it all up, and on the side of that, I put, wow. What I have that was only a part of a lengthy article that I'm going to share with you in the next two, in, today and tomorrow. It's full of great information, ex- historically true facts of how trade has long been a debate in our nation. Wisdom from a man whom I would say ha- was a great, great patriot. Today and tomorrow, I'm going to share this man's wisdom with you. From the time I was a very young little girl, I have had a great love and admiration for America, our homeland. Proud to be an American. The miracle that won our Revolutionary War and the tragedies of war on our own land. We fought over land and there was war between the natives and the Indians and indigenous people, whatever you want to call them. They are our ancestors. I have that blood flowing through my own veins. And those Americans who sought to enlarge their territory the nation's territory. Now, we can debate the wrongs and the rights of it, but war always kills, and winners may prosper, but that doesn't make them right. It is our history, however. It is a history of every nation, really, to fight over territory, land, and power. Our nation was divided again by the Civil War, the South versus the North. It was about freeing the slaves, but it was also, again about property, land, power, and yes, even trade policies. This nation continued to grow and many prospered to be an American meant you lived in the land of opportunity. There was so much, such a, there was no such thing as a nobleman who would run roughshod over the peasants and claim all the titles and the profits. In America, opportunity was to be equally I used the word distributed, and I thought, that's not very good. Earned. We had our constitutional republic, and the rule of law meant something. Now, don't start acting like Beth. You just don't understand the evils of those wars in our past. Well, yes, I do. But I also understand that this nation always tries to right its wrongs. The greatness of America lies not in being more enlightened than any other nation, but rather in her ability to repair her faults, Alexis de Tocqueville. Perhaps back then, but we used to try to right our wrongs. 
perhaps until the last century or until after 1913. Perhaps we quit trying to right our wrongs. The party leadership didn't seem to matter. We kept slipping down that slope of government socialism. Let's just say, even though I believe it was better, it was probably before this time, we're going to go back to 1913. In February 3rd, when our government decided, Congress, they could perpetuate a great theft and call it income tax. Later that same year, in December of 23, uh, December 23 of 1913, the people were preparing for Christmas. Congress met and established the Federal Reserve. It was done behind the backs of all the people. We the people. Government continued to grow and expand its authority over the people. It was never meant to be like this. Here we are now, and the struggles on our homeland are great. We have those of our own who hate America. They read history as own and only see the dark days and refuse to see the great accomplishments we have made. I'm going to share something when we come back before we get into this article. Because I want to set up. I want you to have pride in America. And I want you to think about our ancestors, whether they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, or 200 years ago. What about them? What can we learn from the good, the bad, and the ugly? You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We'll be right back. for all good men and women to come to the aid of their country. Pledge to buy American. In these inflationary times, our Made in the USA companies need your support. American consumers do make the difference. When you buy American, the money you spend stays in America. Liberty Tabletop is a great company and the only flatware made in the USA. Why would you buy your tableware from China? Just say no and say yes to Made in the USA. Visit their website where they are actually partnered with other Made in the USA companies. LibertyTabletop.com. Better, safer, beautiful variety and great art. More than just forks and spoons, they provide liberty. LibertyTabletop.com or call 844-386-2338. 844-386-2338. Now is the time for all good men and women to come to the aid of their country. LibertyTabletop.com. 844-386-2338. 844-386-2338. Buy American and bring America home. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. 
Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rural America is the heart of production in this nation. Our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in rural America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radicals like Tom Stiers and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rural America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. And we have returned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. Don't get bored with me. I want you to hang in there. We're going to do this today and we're going to do this tomorrow. But I'm trying to set things up. I want you to feel proud of America. I want you to feel proud of your heritage. And so I'm going to share this with you. I've shared it before, but I'm putting it before we get into this study. Simply because I want you to understand America. And I simply named it America. I think it was a campaign uh, video back in 2020 by Donald J. Trump. I don't know who wrote it, but I wrote it down. America is a land of heroes, a place where greatness is born, where destinies are forged and where legends come to life. This is the home of Thomas Edison, Teddy Roosevelt, and many great generals, including George Washington, Pershing, Patton, and MacArthur. This is the home of Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, Amelia Earhart, Harriet Tubman, the Wright brothers, Neil Armstrong, and so many more. This is the country where children learn names like Wyatt Earp, Davy Crockett, and Annie Oakley. This is the place where the pilgrims landed in, on Plymouth, where Texas patriots made their last stand at the Alamo. I'm inserting, we must always remember the Alamo. The American nation was carved out of the vast frontier by the toughest, strongest, the fiercest, and most determined men and women ever to walk on the face of this earth. Our ancestors braved the unknown, tamed the wilderness, settled the Wild West, lifted millions from poverty, disease, and hunger vanquished tyranny and fascism, ushered the world to new heights, science and medicine, laid down the railroads, dug out the canals, raised up skyscrapers. Our ancestors built the most exceptional republic ever to exist in all of human history. This is our glorious and magnificent inheritance. We are American. We are pioneers. We are the pathfinders. We settled the new world. We built the modern world. We changed history forever by embracing the eternal truth that everyone's made equal by the hands of Almighty God. America is the place where anything can happen. America is the place where anyone can rise. And here on this land, this soil, 
On this continent, the most incredible dreams come true. This nation is our canvas, and this country is our masterpiece. We look at tomorrow and see unlimited frontiers just waiting to be explored. Our brightest discoveries are not yet known. Our most thrilling stories are not yet told. Our grandest journeys are not yet made. The American age, the American epic, the American adventure has only just begun. Our spirit is still young. The sun is still rising. God's grace is still shining. And fellow Americans, the best is yet to come. If the best is yet to come, we need to understand the good and the bad of our past. We need to understand the struggles, the passions, and the triumphs of our ancestors, whether 200-plus years ago or 100-plus years ago or 10 years ago. All they did has brought us to where we are today, whether it's good or it's bad. It is up to us now to figure out what worked and what failed, and then we must push forward to better America and preserve liberty. To now punish ourselves for our sins or the sins of our fathers will not make things better for the future of Americans. In my lifetime, we've had more, more wars, undeclared wars, and we have had civil unrest provoked by politicians. America is not perfect. But when we, your leaders are working to punish and destroy, it serves no positive purpose. And there will be no good to come from their actions. We have a two-party monopoly in America. They will argue and then work together to grow their wealth, grow government, and they will do... They will, by doing this, they extract from Americans. The growth of America and their socialist departments of bureaucracy have brought America down and it continues to bring us down. America is only 15, number 15 in the nations as a free nation, and it is number one in human trafficking. Isn't that ironic? We fought a war, and they're wanting to pay reparations now to free slaves, and now we are a nation who allows human trafficking to soar. There is no free America as long as this barbaric, unchristian behavior is allowed to continue. I never hear one congressman or woman on either side of the aisle seriously address this grave situation. One side remembers slavery, even though it was their party that fought to keep it, but they ignore the human trafficking ring that's in America today. In fact, they promote it with open borders. Why has America come so far away from where we once were? Why have we drifted away from prosperity, from that land of heroes, and followed this path of poverty? Is there any wonder why American pride has dwindled? While we face many great demons in America today, one that I am going to address is the decline of our economy. There is absolutely no excuse, no rhyme or reason for America to be dependent or poor. No American should ever be going hungry. We are the richest with our natural resources. We were once rich with determination. And other attributes that set America apart, you know, that American exceptionalism that the left seems to hate. The American system for American prosperity. 
That is what the article is that I'm sharing with you today. I take no credit for this other than encouraging you. It is a writing of another man who is no longer with us. His name is Curtis Ellis. He passed away in February 14th in 2021. He served as a senior policy director for America First Policies and as a Trump 2016 campaign advisor. His work of American greatness brought to light the crucial rethinking of the pol- of policy that is essential on the right and particularly within the GOP if there is to be any hope of saving America from the downward trajectory that threatens the republic. Ellis stood that the essential understood that the essential battle of our time is not one between left and right, but the true, often unrecognized fight between big and small. He recognized that bureaucratization <laughs> of both government and capital was working to pit a managerial class against the interest of an independent citizenry of all classes. Ellis's writings were engaging, witty, and clear-eyed. We are grateful to have known him, they say, and published his work, along with all those who benefited from his wisdom. We mourn his passing, and in that they wished his family peace and understanding. Ellis was a true patriot, a fervent crusader for the American worker. I am personally not an economist. Therefore, I'm telling you outright right now that I'm gleaning all this information and sharing with you one man's wisdom. I feel it is necessary that we know the history of the losses of this nation. It's this essay that I'm going to share with you today and tomorrow. is adapted from Pandemonium, China's Global Strategy to Cripple America. He wrote this book, Curtis Ellis, and you can find it. It's about 158 pages, $18.99. An American System for American Prosperity. The ideology of global free trade is not American, he says, nor is it the free trade system. America had the highest tariff rates in history, At the same time, we saw the greatest economic expansion in history. We're going to talk about where that started with our founding fathers. And it's just amazing to me. I love American history. And I think that's why this article he wrote, this essay, hit me in such a way. Because it made it plain. It made it clear. It made it obvious. But what I'm concerned about is our leaders today. What they are doing is not out of ignorance. It's out of greed. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We'll be right back.
And we have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio, an American system for America prosperity. And this is written by Curtis Ellis, who has passed away a couple years ago. Our founders understood that America could not be independent and strong if we relied on other nations for our manufactured goods. They understand the United States had the natural resources, the technology, the labor force, and ample customers at home to support domestic industry and be largely self-sufficient. As an example to his countrymen, to buy American, George Washington wore a suit of American-made cloth at his inauguration in 1789. I hope it will not be a great while before it will be unfashionable for a gentleman to appear in any other dress. Indeed, we have already been too long subject to British prejudices. That's what Washington wrote. He believed that the United States could manufacture as well as farm, and he instructed Treasury Secretary Alexander Hamilton to come up with a plan to develop industry on these shores. Hamilton's plan, detailed in his 1791 report on the subject of manufacturers, called for tariffs that would raise revenues and protect infant American industries against predatory competition and government procurement contracts to encourage American manufacturers. What is the American system? The American system, also called the American School of Economics, guided U.S. national economic development from the earliest days of the Republic, through the Civil War and into the better part of the 20th century. It built the United States from an agrarian frontier society into the world's largest economy and greatest industrial power. The American system had three basic tenets to promote domestic industry. The government would. Now, these are Hamilton's three things. Number one, use tariffs to discourage imports and leverage the purchasing power of government to give preference to domestic producers. Number two, invest in... I thought this was just amazing. Invest in roads, ports, Dams, canals, and turnpikes, (laughs) then called internal improvements, now called infrastructure, to facilitate commerce. And number three, regulate credit to spur economic development and deter speculation. Think about that. It's amazing, don't you think? He goes on. Congress passed the Tariff Act in 1789 as its second piece of legislation. That's how important it was. The opening section reads, It is necessary for the support of the government, the discharge of the debts of the United States, and for the encouragement and protection of manufacturers that a duty be laid on goods and merchandise imported. Does Congress discuss this today? No. (laughs) The tax on imports raised revenue to fund the government and prevented foreign goods from smothering our own infant industries. They're using the word infant because we were just brand new. 
tariffs were the nation's primary source of revenue for its first 150 years. Consider, we tax foreign industries, not our own. In 1791, Treasurer Secretary Alexander Hamilton delivered his report on the subject manufacture to President Washington. It laid out the plan for the federal government to nurture the growth of domestic manufacturing industries in the United States rather than allow the new nation to depend on manufactured goods from abroad. Hamilton declared, Not only the wealth, the independence and security of a country appear to be materially connected with the prosperity of manufacturers. Every nation ought to endeavor to possess within itself all the essentials of national supply. These comprise of the means of substance, habitation, clothing, and defense. Now, think about, this is coming from me, not the article, think about what President Trump said when he went to the, when he went abroad, and he was talking to them about how he puts America first, and they should put their nation first. Think about that. Think about that. A diversified economy of agriculture, merchants, and manufacturing would provide opportunities for America, Americans, of all skills, furnishing greater scope of the diversity of talents and dispositions with discriminate men for each other. Hamilton wrote, Hamilton's report stood in contrast to free traders who believed America should confine itself to farming, export raw materials, and buy manufactured goods from Great Britain. Thomas Jefferson was one of those, but he had a change of heart. At first, Thomas Jefferson was one of those free traders. He opposed developing American industry. Jefferson envisioned a purely agricultural economy that would let the workshops remain in Europe. But he had a change of heart, and he wrote in 1809, My idea is that we should encourage home manufacturers to the extent of our own consumption of everything of which we raise the raw material. I do not think it fair of the ship owners to say we ought not to make our own axes, nails, etc. here, that they may have the benefit of carrying the iron to Europe and bringing back the axes and nails here. A shorter version, <laughs> to paraphrase, if we can make it here, we should make it here. That was Ellis' words, not mine. The War of 1812 cemented Jefferson's commitment to economic nationalism. The war began as a trade dispute. Did we know that? Britannia ruled the uh, waves and its navy embarg embargoed those necessaries for which we have permitted ourselves to be dependent on others, even clothing. Now think about that. Even clothing, as he put it. British rockets inspired the lyrics of our national anthem. British forces burned the White House, and British free trade fired Jefferson's commitment to tariffs and American national self-sufficiency. He wrote in 1812, the prohibiting issues, 
tariffs we lay on all articles of foreign manufacture which produce i'm sorry which prudence requires us to establish at home with the patriotic determination of every good citizen to use no foreign article which can be made within ourselves without regard to differences of price secures us again a relapse into foreign dependency jefferson explicitly renounced his earlier belief that America should be a strictly agrarian or farming nation that depended on England for manufacturing. He went on to his way to disabuse Benjamin Austin of that notion in 1860, writing this, To be independent for the comforts of life, we must fabricate from them from ourselves. We must now place the manufacturers by the side of the agriculturalists. Shall we make our own comforts or go without them at the will of a foreign nation? He, therefore, who is now against domestic manufacture, must be for reducing us either to dependence on that foreign nation or to be clothed in skins and to live like wild beasts in dens and caverns. I am not one of these. Experience has taught me that manufacturers are now as necessary to our independence as our comfort. And if those who quote me as a different opinion will keep pace with me in purchasing nothing foreign, where an equivalent of domestic fabrication can be obtained without regard to the difference of price, it will not be our fault. It will be soon the supply at home. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We'll be right back. Have you heard about vine-to-bar chocolate? It's the winemaker's chocolate, the world's first chocolate made with well-vined Chardonnay Mark from the beautiful coastal vineyards of North America. Gently pressed grapes are harvested after juicing, dried, and finely milled and carefully blended into the finest dark chocolate. The Chardonnay Mark contains highly beneficial grape nutrients, flavanols, and has a natural sweetness that flavors the luscious dark chocolate. Mouth-watering, flavorful, delectable dark chocolate goodness with Chardonnay sweetness and beneficial nutrients. And it's alcohol-free, too. It's vine-to-bar chocolate. Order some today at vinetobar.com. That's V-I-N-E-T-O-B-A-R.com. Cold ship to your door, it's Vine to Bar. Vine to Bar chocolate. Visit us at vinetobar.com. Elmer Heinrich here to talk about minerals. Most people are aware our topsoil is depleted and our foods, especially fruits and vegetables, lack many minerals compared to years ago. Maybe that's the reason the world is sick. Now, according to Dr. Linus Pauling, our bodies need 60 minerals every day, but on average we get less than 12 minerals from the foods we eat. Immuno 150, an incredible nutritional supplement that can fill the gap because it contains 70 colloidal plant minerals and 80 additional nutrients, 150 in all. A month's supply of Immuno 150 is available for $54.95 by calling 888-310-5252 or on the website immuno150.com. That's I-M-M-U-N-O-150.com. The 70 minerals are the key to good health and longevity, so call 888-310-5252. You'll be glad you did. 
Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes MyPillow even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjusted fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread, the MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. My Pillow 2.0 with its temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Best yet, it's BOGO. Buy one, get one free. MyPillow.com. Go to MyPillow.com and click on Radio Podcast Square. Use the promo code Bethann or just give them a call at 1-800-978-6168. That's 1-800-978-6168. Promo code Bethann. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you. We promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-668-2493-800-668-2493-800-668-2493. That's 800-668-2493. We have returned. We're in the final segment of this uh, show, and I will continue this article with you tomorrow. We'll discuss that. I want to back up just a little bit. I was a little rushed in this quote, and this is um, Thomas Jefferson. I am not one of these experienced who has taught me that manufacturers are now as necessary to our independence as to our comfort. And if those who quote me as of a different opinion will keep pace with me in purchasing nothing foreign where an equivalent of domestic fabrication can be obtained without regard to difference of price. It will not be our fault if we do not soon have a supply at home equal to our demand and rest, I'm sorry, has rest the weapon of distress from the hand which has wielded it. <clears throat> Basically, he's saying by American. <coughs> <coughs> But have we wised up? Have we wised up yet? Notice that Jefferson encouraged buying the American goods without regard to difference of price. That is, even if the imports were cheaper. Cheap and cheaper do not enter the patriots' thinking. Now, I'm going to put a little Beth in here. I will not use any advertiser that is not American-made. And that makes it difficult here. But that is where I stand, and I must continue to stand there. So if you know of someone who wants some advertising on a national scale, can't afford the big guys, bring them to me. Back to the article. The most famous and influential advocate of the American system was Henry Clay of Kentucky. Kentucky. 
He served as Speaker of the House and later as Senator. Clay's famous American System speech from 1824 describes America's current crisis and the solution. Poverty befalls all nations that neglects and abandons the care of its own industry, leaving it exposed to the action of foreign powers. There is a remedy, and that consists in adopting a genuine American system accomplished by the establishment of a tariff. With the view of promoting American industry, the cause is the cause of the country, and it must and it will prevail. Abraham Lincoln, when we buy American, we get the goods and the money. Abraham Lincoln was Henry Clay's acolyte and a firm believer in the genuine American system. Give us a protective tariff and we will have the greatest country on earth, Lincoln declared while campaigning for Henry Clay in 1844. As congressman, Lincoln argued, abandonment of the protective policy by the American government must result in the increase of both useless labor and idleness unemployment, and so, in proportion, must produce want and ruin among our people. Think about where we are today. Today, with all the unemployment, with the crime rising, the inner cities are just crazy with crime. Desperate people. Idleness. They don't have to work because our government's saying, oh, we'll pay you not to work. That's the most ridiculous and poverty-stricken thing to do. Back to the article. Unemployment want and ruin were concerns then as now. Now, today, where we are, my friends. Lincoln ran on a platform of protection, tariffs, homesteads, free western land, rivers and harbors, internal improvements, and the Pacific Railroad. The industrial states of the North handed him the presidency. For building the transcontinental railroad, Lincoln insisted American steel be used, even though British rails were cheaper. Hmm. Who else insisted on American steel? Hmm. A quote here. When we buy manufactured goods abroad, we get the goods and the foreign gets the money. When we buy the manufactured goods at home, we get both the goods and the money, said Abe. More honest words have never been spoken, Ellis said. Lincoln's economic policy was driven by the conviction that production has primacy over consumption. Producing more enables one to consume more. That's how to raise the American standard of living. Workers who produce more earn more and spend more. Consumption would rise in the tandem with production and earning. Build it, and they will come. Every man is a consumer to the whole extent of his production. To that point, he will go, and beyond it, he cannot go, wrote Henry Carey, Lincoln's economic advisor. By earning, producing more, one is able to consume, buy more. Producing always comes first. Rather than seeking cheaper goods, the goal is to produce dear labor, that is, high-priced and valuable labor, Carey wrote. 
Cheap is the badge of poverty. William McKinley was another champion of the American system and would become the 25th president of the United States in 1896. As chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, he, he fathered the tariff that bore his name, the philosophy behind the McKinley Tariff. It was simple. McKinley f- believed in foreign manufactured, had no right to claim the equity, I'm sorry, the equality of our own. He is not amenable to our laws. He pays no taxes. He performs no civil duty, speaking of the foreign manufacturer. He contributes nothing to the support, the progress, the glory of this nation. Free foreign trade results in giving our money, our manufacturers, and our markets to other nations, to the injury of our own labor, our tradesmen, and our farmers. If American industry has to pay taxes and the costs of our labor, health, environmental laws, it only makes sense that foreign manufacturers should bear a similar burden if they want to sell on our shores. McKinley's warning from two centuries ago rings true today. Change Europe to Asia, and these ring, words ring true in our, as a prophet today. This country will not and cannot prosper under any system that does not recognize the difference of conditions in Europe and America. Open competition between high-paid American labor and poorly paid American labor will either drive out of existence American industry or lower American wages. Tariffs. Free trade, NAFTA, CAFTA, GATT, did exactly what Ross Perot said it was going to do. It sucked the wealth out of this nation, and it is still sucking the wealth out of this nation, sucking your jobs away. You may have cheap stuff, but you also have cheap labor, and you can't afford it. If we make America made in America, buy in America, the money stays in America, and Americans are the ones who prosper. Not China, not Russia, not India, not Britain. It's not so great anymore. It's time that we realize we'll finish this article tomorrow and we will work to bring America home. Home.